Hello, and welcome to the New Beginnings Discipleship Ministry Podcast. Here, we share the Word of God for all people to understand that they are born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. A desire is for everyone to not just know what their purpose is, but to live it out. We believe we are designed to live out a kingdom lifestyle that aligns to the kingdom of God and the word of God. Now go ahead and grab something to write with, make room wherever you are at, and prepare your heart, mind, and soul for another amazing word from God. Here we go. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and we praise you, dear Lord, for this day. We humble ourselves before you, Heavenly Father, as we come before your throne of grace, Heavenly Father, to feast on your word. God, we are thankful for the season of victory that we are in, Heavenly Father, as we uh, declare and decree that we are overcomers. God, we go forward and we continue to be overcomers in you because we know not by our might, not by our strength, God, but it is in you that we can overcome and overtake anything that tries to come against us. So, God, as we go forward, I remove myself and avail myself to you to be used however you see fit, God. We seal this place off from any attacks of the enemy, any manifestations, Heavenly Father, anything that is not like you, Heavenly Father, elevate us to a place where the enemy can't even breathe. God, we thank you and we praise you. We exalt you in all that we do. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, on today... One of the things that God was showing me is in overcoming, one of the things we have to overcome, or sometimes for some of us it's multiple things we have to overcome, is our trauma of our past. So today's title is Overcoming Trauma to Triumph. Get some technicalities out the way. I want to go through some scriptures and some definitions, and then we'll hop into it. We're going to start off in Exodus 14. 10 through 12, and this is the King James Version, New King James Version. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone? that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Well, we have to understand at this particular point, we are hearing fear in the camp of the children of Israel. More specifically, we are hearing fear that is rooted in trauma. But let's take a step back and look at what trauma is. The Webster definition of trauma is just an injury or a wound to living tissue caused by an extrinsic agent. So when I say extrinsic agent, that means something from the outside in. So nothing that's happening internally. The American Psychological Association, your counselors and therapists, if you will, they define trauma as an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident, rape, natural disaster, immediately after the event, shock, and denial are typical. Longer-term reactions include unpredictable emotions, flashbacks, strained relationship, and even physical symptoms like headaches and nausea. In general, there's basically three types of trauma. Something that's acute, it happens fast, one time. An example of that would be like a really bad car accident. You have chronic trauma, which is ongoing, 
So more of an abusive situation, somebody getting bullied. And finally, you have complex trauma, which is a little bit of both. It's something that happens one time, but it also has components of stuff that happens reoccurring, or it can be multiple acute things. So you get a car accident, then you're injured, then you're finances, so it can happen back to back. The reason I bring up the topic of trauma is because we often don't realize that for many of us, this is how the enemy has gotten a foothold in our lives. And what happens is these footholds become strongholds. In some instances, these strongholds have been around so long, they've actually blended into the landscape of our lives. And the challenge is, if we think it's supposed to be there, we don't know it needs to be removed. If we don't know it needs to be removed, we never take any actions to remove it. Let me explain it this way. When the children of Israel, they're leaving and they see Pharaoh coming, they see the things that are coming after them, and they're like, you could have just let us die. Like, we could have just stayed there. We could have died in Egypt just like we could have died out here. Like, what are you doing? How many times in our lives do we embrace the, un the known of the bad opposed to the unknown of the future? We know it's something about our flesh that's comfortable in the predictability. For someone in a domestic abuse situation, they just, it's somehow comfortable to know if, if I just don't say the right thing. If I just make sure it's just right. Like, you have it in your mind, like, at least I know if I say this, then this will happen. There's fear in knowing if I leave, I don't know how I'm going to financially support myself. I don't know where I'm going to sleep. I don't know where my kids are going to go. So there's some comfort in that trauma that at least you know what's going to happen. And the enemy has lied to us and told us that that's the worst that's going to happen. And even the biggest lie is that it's going to get better. <laughs> so what happens is when we open the door, when we have that trauma, it opens the door to depression, anxiety, insecurity, and a host of other issues. But it gives a whole new meaning when we think of Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. If you read on to verse seven and eight, it says, do not wish, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. What we have to understand is that our own Flesh is inspired by our experiences. Well. Our flesh wants, it literally says, for your flesh, the health of your strength, and the uh, health of your flesh and the strength of your bones. Our flesh has all these experiences that it has had over the time. It has had trauma, it has had injuries. If we go down a little further, we look at Jeremiah 29 and 11. A lot of people are familiar with this scripture. For I know the thoughts that I think of you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Here is a challenge when we have trauma. Our flesh wants to survive. No more, no less. Our flesh wants to continue existing. It's flesh. That's what it wants to do. 
there are things that you cannot do to your flesh if you wanted to just because like people can't really injure themselves. I mean, it, it, you have to be in a special state to truly injure yourself because your flesh is like, nah, nah. Bad idea, partner, bad idea. Have you ever seen a little kid try to hold their breath? It don't work. I ain't told them that yet, but it don't work. Because <laughs> at some point, your brain and your flesh like, nope, we like living. Nope. Mm-mm. Deep breath. <laughs> but understanding that is the sole purpose of your flesh is to exist for that moment. And your flesh wants to feel good. Your flesh wants to get it off your chest. Your flesh wants to post about it. Your flesh wants to make everybody feel as bad as they do right now. Your flesh wants revenge. Your flesh wants payback. Your flesh wants an eye for an eye in a different context. Your flesh wants what it wants at that moment. So when we have to lean not to our own understanding, our understanding is I want to feel better. Now, whether that means to cuss you out, post something about you, I'm going to feel better. But here's the thing is we don't think about the future. Great, congratulations, you got it off your chest. How does that look to your employer? Congratulations, you did something that made you feel good. You went and you had a great time. You partied, you drank, you did all of that stuff. How's that tab looking on them finances? I'm like, if nobody ever closed out of, this is the BC, but when you close out a tab, somehow them numbers don't add up quite the same way you got. You asking where the extra 20, 30 came from, and you're like, are you sure that was me? Like, you, it was me who came up to you, right? The, it wasn't the girl in the purple dress, it was me. I did, okay. And we don't, our flesh doesn't care about the consequences, except for that it's happy. So we have to understand when that door of trauma opens up, we then begin to make decisions and move on things that are emotions. Apostle always says, do not make a permanent decision on a temporary emotion. So we have to lean to God's understanding because his understanding for us is going to lead us to hope in the future. Some of us is going to be bankruptcy or incarceration. Or both. (laughs) If we let our flesh do what it's going to do. So what we have to understand is what that trauma does to us, how it makes us think about things. It makes us trust people we shouldn't. It makes us distrust the people we should. It makes a bad idea look like a good one and a good idea look like a bad one. We have to understand we have to lean to God's understanding when we begin to get into those those moments of decision making and acknowledge that the trauma played a role that is there, that it was even a trauma. Here's the thing for me that is funny when I, I don't know if anybody's ever been on social media and they have like the online therapist, I don't like them because they point out stuff and they're like, do you know if you do this, you probably suffered a trauma. I'm like, so my whole life was a trauma is what you're telling me. (laughs) If you shake your leg, tap your pencil, breathe, hold your breath too long, like something, I was like, okay, y'all getting worse than the commercials, the infomercials. But I say that to say is so often of us have experienced something that has shaped our lives, and when I said it blends into the landscape, is that it doesn't, we don't even know it's there. 
we were talking in Bible study, and I think Terry brought it up. She said we were talking about infants and trust issues. She mentioned that as a baby, they had a hard time trying to figure out what formula to feed her. So that might open the door for her trusting people because they didn't, couldn't even figure out. It wasn't that they didn't love her. It wasn't that they weren't doing her best. It's just that different formulas made her sick. So it took her a while in her life before she was ever fed. A basic need. Sometimes when we're in stuff, I think about things that I went through growing up, and I thought it was normal. It wasn't until I was later older that I was like, oh, so at 13, I shouldn't have been able to like cook the whole dinner, take care of the whole house, and pay all the bills. That's not a normal 13-year-old thing. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't know. Needless to say, that's why God is still working with some control issues in me. <laughs> because I had to control so much at such a young age. But at least acknowledging that when I get to a situation and someone is saying, and maybe I'm not the leader at that time, something I need to fall back on, I have to address and see where is this coming from. Is this time for me to step aside and back up? Then I have to lean to God, because my understanding is I got to be in control. I got to know what's coming next. I got to be in on every single thing. That's what my trauma tells me. God says, just relax, I got you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I have been with you this whole time. I got you through all of that, and you didn't even know what to do at 13. So we have to understand what our trauma plays a role in it, but the amazing part is we triumph over it. So it's, clearly, it's clear that God has a plan for us to triumph, but what does that mean, and how do we do it? First, let's look at the definition of triumph, and we were singing triumph all morning. It is a victory or a conquest, or as if by military force. So um, triumph isn't just a passive thing. By military force, I don't know if y'all watched stuff in Ukraine, but that's military force. I have to give props to them because I was like, boy, when you hijack a tank, that's the military force. I got to give it. I was like, props on that one. But we get to see in a present day, what does that force look like? It's not just a, a fighting. It's not just a distance. When you get hand to hand, life or death, you fight. And you fight like you never fought before. But let's go back to the children of Israel and continue with our uh, Exodus 14. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom see, who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. We continue on, it says, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And indeed, oh, and the children of Israel shall go on on dry land through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his armies, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Let me take a quick sidestep real quick. That's why I had to get the lapel on. So if you think about this visually, it has to be hilarious in my mind. I just want to bring y'all into my little chuckle. Uh, just bring you into my imagination. Nani, come here for a minute. I'm going to borrow you. 
So we have the children of Israel, they all upset and distraught. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know the backwards or forwards. They just, they just all in their emotions, right? You got Moses. Stand right up, stand up on the stairs. Yep. And Nani's gonna be where God is. So Moses is standing in the middle. And he said, okay guys, we're gonna do this and God got you and we're gonna be victorious because God is gonna do it. Right, God? <laughs> so you, you about to do this, right? <laughs> and God looking at us like, okay, first, okay, Moses, time out. Let's deal with your trauma. <laughs> Granted, you don't look like everybody else, but here's the thing about trauma. Trauma makes you think about the stuff you don't have and forget what you do. I'm holding this the whole time. <laughs> you have fought Pharaoh for plagues. You have gone against the magician. It's been there the whole time. God then gave the directions and left. He is on to somebody else. And he hears Moses calling him from, why is Moses calling me? What's wrong? They coming after us. They, they coming. He's like, this, this right, no, that, this, this right here. God is literally like, just raise up your arm. Just, it's right there. Just, it's, you got, I gave you everything you needed before we even got started. Before you even went before Pharaoh the first time, that's how long you've had this. Here's the thing is we have what we need before we even entered the battle. And we cry out to God to come save us. And he was like, what was that? Didn't I give it to you? <laughs> Didn't I give you what you needed? We always forget about the things that we do have. Because our flesh begins to panic and think about all the things we don't all the things that could have been better and why this isn't perfect. Why isn't this the ideal situation? I always get teased because, especially on one particular road trip, I have earned the name MacGyver. <laughs> because we were coming back from Kansas City and a windshield wiper blade was not working. And everybody was like, all right, we gotta pull over and wait till after the rain comes. And I was like, I'm tired, y'all. <laughs> I love you all, I really do. We was caravanning, and um, everybody got out. They went in, they was ready to sit out the storm, get snacks and meals and kick it, and I was like, all right, we good, let's roll. They was like, what you did? Don't worry about it, we got it. We gonna see our way to Des Moines, amen, glory to God. We only got like 45 minutes left, let's do this, whoo. <laughs> but it's about looking around and seeing what you do have. Because that's something our flesh will always do. Here's the thing is when you go to make decisions, especially big ones, whether it be marriage, kids, houses, jobs, nothing is ever perfect by your logic. And the fact is it will never be. If you are still waiting for that perfect moment, let me bring you, let, let's get some deliverance right now. No perfect moment ever exists. It is perfect in God and his timing and his will. But by your logic in this world, 
nothing's ever perfect. There's no perfect time to do a job. There's no perfect time to get married. There's no perfect time. I'm sorry, with kids, I, I, you are a millionaire and they are still expensive. <laughs> there is no cheap way to parents. And even when they stop spending one area, like we got done with daycare and I feel like they created new buckets that we needed to spend in. Like, I don't know what happened. Like we went from, I don't know why, I thought fruit snacks would be cheaper than formula, but somehow we ain't made it there yet. But understanding that when we do that, we have to look at what we have. And that allows us to triumph. But here's the other thing I just wanted to share with y'all. We forget that the Bible is real. There's a lot in there. Like, I mean, we get John 3.16, we get the Lord's Prayer. No, there's a lot. And I say a lot because if you go through the stories, a lot of people went from trauma to triumph. There's a lot of tri traumas in there. Think about it. Adam and Eve had to be the first parents to bury a child. Their child was killed and the other one murdered. Then after that, they had to have the faith in God to have another child, Seth. And through that, we now have Jesus. Yeah. God had to do something, but he's like, I can't use the murderer, and he's dead. So... <laughs> You, you, but you have to have the faith to do something to move because they could have just sat in a trauma that our son is dead and I'm not moving forward. Abraham in Genesis 12, he had to get out of his country. He had to leave home. So everyone who has ever gone to college, congratulations, you were not the first person who had to leave everybody you knew and loved to go away to a place that you don't know, to live amongst strangers who don't think the way you do, eat the way you do, believe the way you do. But God had to take him away from the familiar to make him great. You even go into Joseph with the, the colors and the coats, uh, Jacob's Israel's son. His brothers literally attacked him, threw him in a pit, and debated. There was an argument over we should kill him or sell him. So they decided just to sell him. His siblings threw him in a pit. I know we all have siblings. I don't know. I, I can't say everybody. So I have that one sibling. Bless his heart. I love him. <laughs> but I got to be honest, he hasn't thrown me in a pit and tried to save me, so, sell me into slavery. <laughs> but I say that to say is that when we talk about our family issues, that can be traumatic. And it can be bad. I'm not saying that it's not, but understanding we don't stay stuck there. Even when we go back to the beginning of Moses, his mom had to put, his parents had to put him up for adoption, basically. Think about how traumatic that had to be for his sister. Okay, my mom's going to go put my brother. First, my parents are crying about this because they don't know what they're going to do. If they catch him, they're going to kill my little brother. So their best bet is to put him in water and hope that somebody finds him. Do you know, I think, was it crocodiles that's in, that, in the Nile? So she stood there not knowing if her brother was getting ready to get eaten. Seeing her mother weeping on the banks. And then seeing somebody pick him out the water. That got to be a traumatic moment. Especially as a kid, because you don't know what's going on fully. You know, your parents are upset. You know, there's this weird law. And you see a bunch of women from your village putting their babies in the river. What does that look like? But yet Moses was able to come past the fact that his mama gave him away and wasn't there for him after a while. You don't even really hear about his dad. But yet he was still able to go forward and lead the children of Israel, out of Exodus. He was still able to fulfill his purpose despite his trauma. And I just love this one. God showed me this one. When we think about David, 
I know I was had horrible. I, I, I didn't forgave my workplaces. But I was like, how does it feel when your boss is literally trying to kill you, but yet celebrating that you made your quota? Like, that has to be a traumatic thing. I'm literally fighting for you. I'm literally putting my life on the line for you. I'm gaining territory for you, and you low-key over here trying to kill me. You plotting my death, and I'm making you look good. I'm growing your kingdom. He could have just been like, you know what, God, I'm done. I, I don't like this. I'm not doing it no more. Forget it. He kept going, and he became king. God dealt with Saul. He was able to move that around, change that situation. I think, again, we get in that trauma of, like, because I felt that, then I will never go back to that kind of job. I will never work for that type of, now, there's red flags. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but sometimes we quit altogether. I mean, even think about what Jesus had to go through. I think about something as even like Lazarus. Your bestie had to let you die to prove God's power. We have to talk after this one, Jesus. Like, we got to have a serious conversation. My whole family buried me. So you can prove a point. I mean, I appreciate it and I trust you, but... We will have to talk this one out. And yes, my sisters are really upset about it. And that's still, we have, and that's, I say that to say, because we still have trauma with people over things they did to us in friendships. Sometimes some friendships hurt us worse than actual relationships. And they were still able to move forward. They were still able. They weren't stuck there when they hear him later on, like, ooh, Jesus, so what happened to Jesus? Well, he let Lazarus die anyway, so. <laughs> I don't, well, that's what he get. No, that's not. <laughs> they still, there's still a purpose there. So what we have to understand is that we have these, we have these experiences and we have this trauma. And if nothing else, if you don't hear anything at the end of this day, please understand that your trauma does not define who you are. It is a chapter. It is a lesson. It is not you. There are some programs and some things where people have to say, I am an alcoholic. I am a criminal. I am a thief. I get at that moment you were. You have to overcome that, but that is not who you are. You still have a purpose. If you are breathing with air in your lungs on this day, whether you are online or in this house, you have a purpose. Yes. And whatever that purpose is, is bigger than that trauma. So if that trauma feels big to you, imagine how much bigger your purpose has to be. Hallelujah. Because that trauma did not take you out. The accident, the abuse, the molestation, the, the attack, whatever it was, the drugs, whatever the relationship. <clears throat> for some people, the job, it did not take you out. And no matter how big it felt, your purpose is even bigger. So know that not only your purpose, but your purpose at this time. I think about when people say, you look at back, I love history, but I know that I was born for this time period. <laughs> I don't think I could have been born before air conditioning was invented. Glory to God. 
I am born for this time and this season. But that is the thing that we just have to understand as we go forward and as we are overcoming. We've had the trauma. We've had, whether it was one time, ongoing, complex. For some people, we can still be in a trauma. But that trauma is not you. That trauma is not your identity. That trauma is not your actual story. It's a part of it. It is literally a part of your story. You learn something, you get something out of it, and you move on. And so we, that's the funny part, is so many times the trauma is done and it's over with, and we are holding on to it. We are holding on to the hurt. We are holding on to the rejection. We are holding on to the fear. And we are making irrational decisions, and sometimes we even blaming it on God. God was trying to free the children of Israel, and they're saying, I'll just go back to Egypt. I'll bet anything, if they did, they were going to blame God for being back in Egypt. <laughs> God was saying, come on, let's keep moving. Don't stop. Keep walking. Don't turn back. It's, that's what God is doing. And we have to listen to him and shut down the voice of the enemy and everything that tried to plant seeds in our lives that we will not turn back, that we will not go back to that thing. That there, You have to get to the point where you know there has to be something better than this. It just has to be. And when you get to that point and God is able to take over and take control, you will truly see your victory. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So with that, on today, you know I'm not before y'all long. Amen. As we go forward um, after service, you are invited up to the altar to touch and agree if you are preparing for your victory. Touching and agreeing that you are victorious, that you have won, that you are not defined by the things of your past or even the current circumstances, so that you can have your full victory and overcome whatever trauma is trying not will, but trying to come against you. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we invite you forward uh, to touch and agree. And if you want to know him as your Lord and Savior, we will walk you through that. And we are also in BDN. We are who we are in the name of Jesus. <laughs> if you do not have a home, we invite you to, to join us. And we just thank you for, we thank God for his revelation of showing us that we are more than than trauma and that we are victorious amen so heavenly father we just thank you and we praise you dear god we give you all the honor and the glory heavenly father you continue to remind us that we are in this world but we are not of this world as such god we are part of your kingdom we are your children we are your royal priesthood heavenly father in those things we will have a sound mind we will have our health we will have we will not be in poverty heavenly father these are all the things that we will have and what you say are ours. We will not have the spirit of fear. We will not have confusion. We will not be depressed or anxious in the name of Jesus. We will take the challenges that come before us, Heavenly Father, and we will overcome them. No longer will we be consumed by our emotions, Heavenly Father. 
No longer will we be consumed by the memories of the past, Heavenly Father, for you have promised us a hope and a future. So God, we thank you as we go forward and we are being triumphant, that we are being victorious, that we are overcoming in all the things that, is, that you have before us because we will not return back to you void, God. We will fulfill our purpose despite what comes after us, God, because we know that you are bigger, that you are greater, and you are victorious, God, that you never fail. So we thank you and we praise you, and in Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you on today for joining us as we go into the word of God to continue to understand our God-given purpose. If you are wanting more information about New Begins Discipleship Ministries, please look in our description box for ways to connect with us, whether through our social media outlet or if you're desiring to visit us, whether virtually or in person. We thank you once again. We pray that you have an awesome day and amazing week.